welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation. Chapter 21. If you can open with me to Revelation 21, picking up in verse 9 as we make our way through this wonderful book. The title of the message this morning is Everlasting Light. Everlasting Light. The Bible has a lot to say about light, and we're going to be looking at that today. Light and darkness. A few years back, I remember I went to an ATM and made a deposit, and after using the ATM, there was a store that I needed to go into. So I went into the store, and, and the store didn't need, it didn't have what I needed, so I just came right out of the store. Well, as I came out of the store, there was someone at the ATM, and he had this guilty look on his face, and he stepped away from the ATM machine. He looked at me, and he said, he goes, did you just use the ATM machine? I said, yeah, I did. He goes, well, you, you, you left your card in here. And he goes, blankety blank. He starts cussing at me, you know. And then he I says, well, thanks, you know. And then he says, yeah, you know, you've got X amount. He told me how much I had in the bank. And he says, you know, I could have taken out some blankety-blankety money from you. And he was like, I think he was upset that he didn't get a chance to take the money. <laughs> and I said, you know, I, I got my card from him. I says, you know, I want to thank you for doing the right thing. That's so awesome. Thank you for doing that. And he kind of looked at me, and he was like, you know, still kind of, you know, hoping that he would have gotten some money. He was hoping I wasn't. He was just kind of looking at me like, uh. And, I, and then I says, well, no, really, I want to thank you. And he's like, well, and I walked away, and he said, pass it on. And I go, what, what do you mean, pass it on? What do you mean? He goes, well, I did something good for you. Why don't, can you pass it on to someone else? <laughs> and I says, well, I think I did something good today. I said, I just did a memorial service. I shared about the love of Jesus Christ. I gave the gospel. People prayed to receive Jesus. So I think I passed it on. I said, you know, I'm a pastor, and I love doing that. He goes, and you should have seen the look on it. His mouth dropped. He goes, he goes you're a pastor? He goes, man, I'm thankful I gave you that card. <laughs> And I think about light and darkness and how sometimes we're just that little light in somebody's life. And here he chose to do what was right. He chose, you know, he, he didn't, you know, go to the dark side with it, you know. And, and we can be that influence in the world that we're living in. So we're going to be talking about light and darkness and what does that mean? And what, is, what does it mean to be children of light and all that good stuff? We're going to read verses 9 to 27. I'm going to go ahead and just read it. John the Apostle is writing, and he writes in verse 9 of chapter 21 of the book of Revelation. It says, Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, and I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And she had great and high walls with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and the names written on them, which were the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out as a square, its length 
is as great as its breadth, and he measured the city with the, with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, its length, breadth, and height are equal. And he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. And the construction of the wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like a clear glass, like clear glass. The foundation of the wall of this city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedon, the fourth emerald, the fifth Sardinox, the sixth Sardis, the seventh Chrysolite, the eighth Beryl, the ninth Topaz, the tenth Chrysoprase, the eleventh Jesenith, the twelfth and the twelfth Amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was, a, was of one pearl. And the, street, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Verse 23. And the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who were saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let's pray one more time. God, thank you so much for your powerful word. Lord, so much here to ponder and to think on and to consider and to realize that this wonderful place as believers, we're going to spend eternity there. And I pray, Lord, again, you just give us application and show us what you're trying to communicate. Make it personal, Lord, please. In Jesus' name, amen. What a chapter. Only one more chapter left. And I'm, I'm really just kind of doing my best to stay in this book as long as I can. This time that we're looking at, we've been looking at different things that are going to happen in the last days. The Apostle John gets to look into the future. He gets to see what's going to happen in the future. You, people, you know, they go to fortune tellers to find out what's, what does the future bring. Well, this is for sure. This is what the future brings right here. And we've been watching. There's going to be a time of tribulation. First, the rapture of the church. We're out of here. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Then the, then the tribulation happens. Seven years of, of tribulation that are going to take place. Just devastating things happen. Then there's a millennial period that's going to take place. A thousand year reign of Christ. We're going, to, we're going to, as believers, we're going to rule and reign with Jesus as kings and priests. And we've been looking at the, the, the whole earth is going to change. It's going to be refurbished. There's going to be water in the deserts. There's going to be the Dead Sea is going to be alive. There's going to be the, the animal kingdom is going to be changed. There, there's going to be no more uh, wild kingdom. It's going to be all the animals are going to, they'll be like pets to us. And on and on, it's going to be wonderful. But then there's going to be the new heaven and the new earth. And we looked at last week, there's a new heaven and a new earth, not a refurbished one. But here in this text that we're looking at, this is not just the new heaven and the new earth. This is the, a new city that's going to come down from heaven as a bride. Did you notice that? 
I believe this is going to be like, you know, it's going to be the, it's called the Holy Jerusalem. And I, I, it's like a city, as we're going to look at, it's going to come down from heaven, and it's like a gift from God. And it says it's as a bride. And I, and I kind of picture, well, what does that mean? Like a bride. And all I can think of is when the bride comes down the aisle, everybody stands up and everybody watches. And, and then she's so radiant and so beautiful. And it, all eyes are on this bride, right? Well, I think the same is going to happen with this new holy Jerusalem. All eyes are going to be like, no way. You know, kind of like when we saw that, that little video for newsboys and we're like, yeah, we're excited. <laughs> That's nothing. This is going to be like our new worship center. This is where the kabod, the glory of God, is going to be in this place. And she's going to be like a bride, and all eyes are going to be on her. We're going to be like, there, it's not going to be, I believe, I picture, I try to picture all this. I believe it's like, kind of, be for all of us, like the greatest gift we've ever received in our whole entire life. We're going to be like, wow, now this is something else. It's beyond anything we can imagine. As a bride, she comes down. She's descending. And so in verse 10, we, we see that as she's descending. Some, some people think that possibly it's going to you know, be there in Israel, the new Israel, and it's going to come down. Some believe that possibly it's going to hover over the new earth. That would be cool, you know. And we're going to have new bodies, so we're just kind of, you know, we're going to be on the earth and say, oh, let's go to the worship service. We're just going to go up into the new city. We don't know exactly but we do know a few things about it. In verse 11, if you look back at that, it says, having the glory of God, God's glory is going to shine. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Some believe, most believe that this jasper stone is speaking of a, the, a diamond. And, it, and so it, the, the light of this city is going to be like a diamond. Have you ever seen a diamond when, you know, sometimes my wife will go with her wedding ring and we'll go and she'll get it cleaned and, and then it, you look at it under all the lights and it's just like, phew, it's just shining in all different directions and you see different colors and just, it's just one of the most beautiful things. And I believe, you know, that's what it's speaking. It's just going to be like, the, like a diamond, just colors just radiating out of this thing. Like it's like unbelievable. You go to some places, they have, you know, light shows. You know, if you ever go, go to a, like a concert, they've got these real cool light shows. That's nothing. The light show that we're going to have just this, is these colors just radiate as we enter into this place. Also, look at verse 18. The construction of the walls was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. I remember the last time I taught this many years ago, few, I don't know how many years, seven years ago or so, but I remember just realizing everything, almost everything in this city seems to be transparent, right? The, the construction of the walls. So the walls themselves are jasper. That's, if it's, it's a clear stone. We just looked at that, right? So it's like you can see through all the walls, right? You can see through the walls. And then the streets. The, this is not 24 karat gold that, that's on the ground. This is 100% gold. So clear, you can see through it. So the, the foundation is clear. Could you imagine if your home had all transparent walls? I mean, getting undressed would be a little uncomfortable, right? Going to the restroom, I don't mean to be crude, but I mean, there's no privacy. I mean, it'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it be, if you're just, you're seeing your neighbors, like, getting undressed, like, hi, how's it going? You know, it's just, it'd be strange, because, you know why? Because we live in a perverse, sinful nature. It wasn't like that before the fall. Before the fall, Adam and Eve were naked, and it didn't even make a difference. They didn't even know they were naked. They didn't know there was anything wrong with being naked. 
And we're going to be in such of a pure state that nakedness, none of that's going to matter. We're going to have glorified bodies. There's going to be no more perversion. There's going to be no more sin. Everything's going to be transparent. You're going to see through everything. And there's going to be no reason to hide. There's going to be no reason to go behind a wall. Hallelujah is right. And many times, sin takes place behind closed doors, right? It's like, oh, you don't want someone to see you. Well, close the door. You know, maybe you should. And they think nobody can see you. Well, guess God, God's like, I see everything. But this new place, there's no need for walls other than clear walls. There's no need for, you know, the foundation, everything, even the, the precious stones. They're all clear stones. You can see through everything. And this is going to be a place that it's unbelievable. Do you notice that it says, okay, the construction of the wall is, is like a diamond, like jasper, like diamonds, right? The, 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 the city was pure gold. That means all the buildings are gold. In another place, it tells us that, that the, 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 the construction, the floor, thank you, <laughs> it's all pure gold, right? Think of like the two most precious things that we have in this world. We think of what? Gold and diamonds, right? This is construction material in heaven, and we we're like, oh, yeah, diamond. How big is it? Four carats? Ten? But no, no. There, it's going to be the whole wall's diamond. I mean, think how many carats that's going to be. It's going to be a beautiful place, but it's going to be a worship place. It's going to be like a worship center, I believe, like we've never seen. But as we talk about transparency and everything being transparent, I, I want to use that for some application and just talk about the importance of us being transparent before the Lord. And the importance of us being transparent with each other. God knows everything. We're told in Hebrews, Hebrews 4.13, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. In other words, he sees everything. His, you know, nothing's hidden from him. And, and it's so good to be real with God. You know, there's some people that pray, oh, God, if I've done anything wrong or if I've sinned or come on, you've sinned. Just say it. You know, it's like if I've done something, Lord, and maybe I've done. No, no, no. You've sinned. Just say it. Just be real before God. He knows already. God, I've sinned against you. Forgive me. God, I've done this wrong, Lord. Please, you know everything. You know my sitting down, Psalm 139. You know my rising up. You know my thoughts before I think them. You know my words before I even speak them. Lord, you know that that's sin. And there's something very powerful about being transparent and calling sin what it is. Instead of saying, oh, Lord, you know that I'm, and I won't use any nationalities. Last time I did that, I had someone get mad at me and says, well, you know, and I'm, I'm Italian and Polish. I had the guy literally come up to me and say, well, Italians have anger problems too. I said, well, maybe, yeah, we do it. I, I confess it when I do. You know, it's like, but so I won't use any nationality, but sometimes people use nationality. Oh, you know that I was this, you know, I was raised in this kind of a family. And, and just, instead of just saying, God, just forgive me. It's sin. I've sinned against you, God, and be transparent. You want to see the glory of God? You want to see God radiate? Be transparent before him. Be transparent with others. If you lied to someone, go to them. I've had to do that before. You know, I think a couple of handful of times in my Christian walk, I remember telling a lie, and the Lord's like, "What did you do? You lied." And I had to go to that person and say, "I'm so, you know, I'm sorry. I lied to you. I'm a Christian. I, I, I should not do that, and I apologize. That was a lie." You know how humbling that is. But you know, every time I've ever done that and humbled myself, God has always blessed it. Transparency. Satan is real. The devil is real. He works in darkness. He works with sin. He works in, in evil. 
And when you bring it into the light, it's gone. It's so important as believers that we bring it to the light. We confess it to the Lord and we're transparent with one another. With one another. My wife, I consider my wife, she's my accountability partner. I, I tell her everything. Everything, I have a bad dream. I have a you know, dream past girlfriend or whatever it is. As bad as it is, I, you know, someone would say, well, don't say that. You know, your wife will, you know. And I was like, I don't care. It's like, honey, I just had a bad dream and it's this and that. And, and then, she, you know, she tells me what, she has bad dreams or whatever. It's like, I just don't, I don't want any darkness in my life. I messed this up. Honey, you know what? I messed this up. Sometimes it takes a day or two. <laughs> it was like before I can say anything. There's power. Do you want the glory of the Lord to shine? Be transparent. And I understand you have to be careful who you're transparent with. I, I get that. I don't know. Pastor Chuck used to tell this story a lot about the three pastors. Remember that? The three pastors get together. They, were, they had prayer meetings all the time, and they would pray. And one, one of their prayer meetings, one of the pastors said, you know what? I think you know, I need some accountability, and I have to confess to you guys. You know, I have a drinking problem, and and he says, you know, it's not always, but I've never told anyone. And this feels good to get it out in the open. And, and so, you know, I, I need you guys to know. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago I, I fell, but I want you guys to be accountable to me. And then the other guy says, well, psh, man, I need to tell you something, too. I got a terrible anger problem. And at my house, I, I, have, I, I blow up at my wife. I blow up at the kids. And I, I even, you know, they're afraid to tell anyone. And nobody knows this, but it feels so good to tell you guys. And the other pastor says, well, I've got a problem with gossiping. I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be careful who you're transparent with. James tells us, James 5.16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There's power when you bring things to the light. When you hurt someone, say, you know, I'm sorry I hurt you. You did something wrong, especially with your family members, those that are close to you, to humble yourself. There's times I've hurt my wife, and I, you know, think, well, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, she's just being emotional, and she's, you know, she needs to get over this. And I'm like, and the Lord's like, no, you hurt her. Go apologize. And I'm like, she needs to apologize first. You know, <laughs> but you humble yourself and you apologize and. And you watch the Lord work. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Pray with your spouse. Pray with those children of yours that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We're righteous because of Jesus. Did you notice this verse? It says, also she had a great and high wall, talking about this holy city with 12 gates. So check this. The city's going to have 12 gates, right? And we're going to look at their pearl gates. But it says and 12 angels at the gates. I don't know if that stood out with you, but we're going to have 12. In other words, there's going to be angels at every entrance. And at first I thought, wow, they're probably there to protect. You know, they've got these protective angels standing at each entrance so nothing can come in. You know, No. Evil's done away with. Uh, the devil's cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. All the evil is gone. There's going to be no more evil. So they're not there. So guess what they're doing? They're, I believe they're like ushers or greeters. Good morning, Mr. Pettick. How you doing? Do you need to know where the holy, you know, where this is in the holy city? And, you know, take that golden street and turn left on the next golden street or whatever. I know they're going to just be greeting us. 
Is that fascinating? This is, where, this is our bright future. This is where we're going to go as believers. We're going to go into this holy city, and we're going to have ushers of angels hanging out at the front gates of everyone. And I hate to disappoint you. It's not Peter. You hear that Peter is at the gate, the pearly gates. Well, it doesn't say that Peter's there. But we're going to have these cool angels. They're going to give us direction. So I think that's an awesome thing. I didn't want to skip that. Another awesome thing that we see, verse 21, about this city. The gates that we'll be entering, they're made of pearl. Each individual gate was of one pearl. Can you imagine the size of that pearl? You hear people say the pearly gates. No, no, really, it's the pearl gates. They're just one pearl. They're not pearly. They're not like a bunch of, I always saw pearly gates. Okay, that's where we get this from. Like there's a bunch of pearls. No, no, one big, huge pearl. How big was that oyster, huh? (laughs) And you know how pearls are made, right? Most of you know this, but they're created by shellfish, mostly oysters. And what happens is when a foreign object goes inside of their shell and it's lodged in there, they can't remove it. And they try to get it out of there and it's irritating them and it's irritating them. So that irritation kind of forms somehow, it produces a protective coating around it so they can deal with it. And then that protective coating gets, you know, more layers and more layers and more and more. And finally it's smooth and finally they can handle it. It's it's the irritation's gone. Isn't that fascinating? So I believe the pearl is an example of how something beautiful comes out of suffering, how something beautiful comes out of suffering. And possibly as we think of how with Jesus, out of his suffering, the, the beauty of salvation came to us. And possibly these pearl gates are going to remind us that through suffering comes beauty. And reminder that Jesus suffered and died on the cross for us. And maybe they're a constant reminder of that. That's the best I can come up with. If you have something better, please let me know. But one of the greatest parts of this whole thing is there's going to be no more darkness. The sun's going to be gone. The moon's going to be gone. And the lamb is going to be its light. God is going to illuminate this place. Darkness will be gone. Jesus is going to be the light. You know, think about the sun, how bright it is. Nothing compared to the brightness of our Lord. He created this sun. Have you ever thought, the sun is just a, a temporal light for now. It's almost like God says, okay, here's a temporary light. Uh, this, there's darkness, and we're just going to give you some temporary light. And oh yeah, nighttime, we don't want you to be totally dark. We're going to give you some reflection off of the moon, and there's some temporary light. And when this new heaven and new earth comes, we're not going to need temporary lights. We're going to have the fullness of God's brightness always. God is is light, and he, he dwells in, on a, it's called an unapproachable light. We, we in our human form cannot enter his light or we'll be totally consumed, it says, right? But we're going to have new bodies, and somehow we're going to step into this light, and it's just going to be radiant, and never again, it says no more night. We won't have to sleep anymore. The gates will never be shut. The gates are always open, and it's just going to be, it's going to be just totally a perfect world that we all long for. You know, you think of paradise. Some people, they, they move to, to Hawaii because they're looking for paradise. I was told that the suicide rate is high in Hawaii because it's not really paradise. There's still, you're going there, right? You're a sinful person. There's sinful people there. And there's night and there's darkness. Darkness in the Bible is a picture of, represents sin, evil, anti-God, death. Light, if you're a note taker, on the other hand, represents good and truth, purity, clarity, 
holiness, the removal of darkness, the removal of evil, the removal of sin. Light sometimes illuminates our steps. It's a a lamp unto our feet, a light to our path. It gives us direction. God is light. It dispels darkness. It takes away darkness. When you go into a room, all you need to do is turn on the light. When we come to Jesus, he, his light comes inside of us and he takes the darkness out. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.